God has been so good as we're seeking always to uh, embrace different ways to communicate and to understand what God is saying. He, he's giving us his direct help uh, intervening in that. So uh, that's very good. God is good, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. You enjoying the presence of God today? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Good. All right, well, today I want to just really focus on one thing which comes out of what we've been hearing, and that is to focus on seeing what is rather than what's not. Seeing that we have a God who cares for us, who loves us, who's not just created us, but made a way in that we can actually connect and relate and know him and know his presence, know his forgiveness and know his hope placed in us. It's just a, a, a remarkable thing when we begin to focus on what is rather than what's not. I'm still enjoying uh, Psalm 84, I guess I always will. Uh, but I'm also still focused on the fact that we, we have to move forward. We're always journeying, uh, never standing still. Standing still is the same as going backwards because things keep moving. I'm also looking always to pick up what, what is God doing? What is God saying? It's constant inquiry that we might work where he's working, see what he's doing. And there's a whole variety of different ways of picking that up. Sometimes it is through the word. Sometimes it's through things that happen. And I've noticed uh, two aspects of the same thing. A number of times in testimonies recently that people have uh, spoken about gaining a new place of freedom from something that had kind of gripped them inside, whether it was of fear or anxiety or uh, particular concern. A number of testimonies like that. I've also noticed how we as a people are responding to those testimonies. The sense of thrill and excitement as we hear what God is doing in releasing some of these things. At the same time, I'm very conscious that there's still uh, issues uh, of things to be released. Whether it's anxieties, fears, or whatever we like to call it. So often now comes under the term of sort of mental health. But it's very real. So on the one hand, we see from the testimony God is operating powerfully amongst us. On the other hand, we see that there's something that God is putting in us, in our, if you like, our communal heart, that is particularly getting uh, stirred and excited. Not, not just this, but particularly this. And then I'm seeing the particular area that there's more we want to see. And at the same time, let's hear what we're hearing which is the focus on Jesus is the way to the Father, the focus on him, on his power, on the power of the Holy Spirit, 
And it's not kind of a big unraveling thing, but it is quite a big focus thing. So I want us to look at that whole area of what is rather than what isn't and to focus on that. So what do you see? Glass half full or glass half empty? Hands up who saw a glass half full. Hands up who saw a glass half empty. Yeah, well... (laughs) You're supposed to be the pessimist and the half full is supposed to be the optimist. Uh, The one who said, wow, it's a glass, is the eternal optimist. Actually, um, technically, the glass is always full. Half air and half water, but it's always full. (laughs) Not really saying this, but are we to be the eternal optimist? Let's have a little look at this. I'm so sorry I'm late. I was in a car accident. But everyone's fine. Oh, everyone's, everyone's totally fine. fine. Isn't that That's great? Amazing. Yeah. Ah. Should we go get coffee? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, oh, no, I got a parking ticket. Oh, that's too bad. But you know what? The city needs that money. You're right. It's actually better that Andrew and I aren't together yet because we're not ready. Right. And when you are ready, you'll get together. Mm-hmm. And then you'll probably get married. Totally. So you want to go to Taylor Swift Museum later? Oh. Oh. I don't think he saw you at all. Whoops. I was just having a hard day. Yeah. Oh, I can't find my wallet. I'm sure it'll turn up. You're right. Forgot my jacket. Do you think it's cold out? No, you'll be fine. Oh, it's raining. Should I get an umbrella? Nah, we'll probably stop. Go talk to him. He totally likes you. Really? Yeah, do it. I'm going to do it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Hey. Okay. Totally smiled. He smiled. Oh, my God. Hey, Allison, I'm going to Walgreens. How many lottery tickets do you want? Ooh, like 15? Ah, oh, good call. Last time we won $4. I know. That's yeah. be great. Oh, eh, I wasn't hungry anyway. Granola bars are gross. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I understand. Sorry. It's okay. I asked him to dinner, but he said he already had plans. Oh, that's okay. That gives you time tonight to work on your novel. You're right. I feel like once I start, it's going to be super easy to finish. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to read it. New York Times bestseller, here we come. No chains to unlock, so free to do what? Always look on the bright side of life. (laughs) Feels like too many of you have been singing that. (laughs) We're not talking about the unreality. Uh, like we saw in that clip. This is not about make-believe. This is about the reality of what we can actually enjoy and live in. And uh, on the other hand, I mean, they're the internal optimists, but there are some, maybe even amongst us, who, what we call, process negatively. What if, or maybe that won't work, or whatever. Well, I think either way, let's come to our first essential truth. That the spirit that God has placed in us has authority and power. So, 
by the Holy Spirit, working in our spirit, we have the ability to actually decide what line of thought we're going to pursue. That's part of what we it's part of our inheritance. It's part of salvation. We can actually choose that and we can declare, I'm not going down that line. By the power and the grace of God, I'm not going there. Somebody was asking me the other day, how do, how do you actually process that? Well, I'm sure we've all got our own ways, but for me, it's sometimes I choose to think on something, maybe on something that God has said, maybe something that God has done. I like testimony from that point of view. But anything which is to do with sometimes the nature of Jesus, some people actually process in, a, in more of a picture form. And they actually like to picture the Lord or something like that. I, I don't particularly do it that way, but what I am saying is, guys, we have, whether we process pessimistically or optimistically, God has given us the ability to decide. Now, let me just explain that. You know that little phrase we use, you can't stop a bird landing on your head, but you can stop it building its nest there? Yeah. Yeah, there'll always be those kind of thoughts or those pictures or those things that we see which are contrary. But it's the pursuing of that. It's giving it a second look. It's deciding, I don't want to go there. Doing these kind of video replays in our mind is something we don't have to have. Well, the way she spoke to me, well, what he did. We don't have to do that because we have authority to actually take control because of what God has equipped us with. The Bible talks about bringing every thought into captivity. And you know, if the Bible says that, and that's an instruction from the Lord, then it's always the grace and power to make it happen. So let's have a little look um, going beyond that to see what, what we can actually do on the basis of that. Remember in Psalm 84, we started off with, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. We've already had God speaking to us this morning about responding to an increase or desire for an increase in that yearning for him. It is wonderfully possible to know how God's dwelling place, how lovely it is on lovely days when everything's going right and there's little white fluffy clouds in a blue sky and the leaves are gently rustling in the breeze. Yeah, I suppose so. That's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the ability in God to know that in the face of challenges. We have access to his dwelling irrespective of our situation. Now, God gives us his word. All of it is for uh, edification, instruction and comfort. And some of the stories 
that we have amongst all the myriad things that have happened, they're there for that purpose. So I'm thinking about Stephen lifting up his eyes to heaven in the midst of some murderous mob. See, that power, that supernatural ability, this is not about sort of uh, cartwheels of the mind. It's not about mind over matter. This is about God, the Holy Spirit, empowering us to actually think and see beyond so that we're actually looking at what is rather than what is not. He didn't have a safe place. He didn't have a comfortable place. It's very interesting when Nick was sharing uh, about his sojourn in the hospital. Not a place you'd choose to be, but a place where he found peace. See, we're talking about something which is beyond the natural. We're talking about supernatural, something which God can and will do. See the same thing with Abraham. Abraham saw that, that, that God was, was well able to fulfill his promise. And that promise was bigger than the son that he'd given him. The son that was already in his hands. Remember the promise was that he was going to be the father of, of nations. And the way that was going to be, apparently, was through the son, which he'd waited a long time for. And then he was invited to sacrifice his son. And he was willing to do that because he could see into God himself. Not just into the present circumstance, not into the way he felt it should be worked out, but into God himself. And this is where God's inviting us into a, an increased place in him, knowing him, being confident in him, having that ability to actually see what really is rather than what appears at a given time. He didn't hold on to his son. He saw that Isaac wasn't actually to be defended. Even though he got what he longed for, he was still choosing to put God first. One of my favourite hymns, and I hope we, we have time to get to it at the end, um, was written back in the 1800s by a devout man that had experienced the loss of his four daughters in the shipwreck and travelled uh, to be with his wife who'd survived across the Atlantic. And the story goes that when he reached about the spot where the shipwreck had taken place. As he sought God, this song came into his, into his whole thinking and understanding and being. And the chorus of the song, the refrain of the song, it is well with my soul. And you know, there's a, there's a truth that is. There's a thing that can't be taken away. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, the possibility 
In fact, the reality, the truth, the looking at what is, that those of us who have become followers of Jesus, who have submitted our lives to Jesus, can in any situation, at any time, be declaring what is, what is there, what is true. It is well with my soul. You'll see the words as we come to that. Uh, I don't want to take time to go through that now. Romans 4 verse 18 talks about Abraham, said, against hope, in hope believed. Now, in the original, that word hope actually has the clear understanding of beyond hope. It's, it's something that realistically wouldn't work. But the ability that God is giving goes beyond hope and the ability to believe. Romans 15 verse 13 says this, and I'm just reinforcing where this thing comes from. This is not about looking on the bright side of life. This is, as we trust in him, we overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we place our hope in him, and he places his hope in us. And hope is not about, you know, a nice day today. This hope is something beyond and stronger and surpasses and overtakes every other aspect that would stand in its way. Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we are not restricted to being natural beings. We are supernatural because as we submit our lives to Jesus Christ he gives to us an ability to live from a totally different life source to live in a way that's pleasing to him these are people who somehow kept moving they kept pressing on their lives weren't on hold and we can know, and if we focus on what is rather than what isn't, we can actually experience a high degree of this in our present situation, whatever the situation is. Because we're talking about our focus being on him by the power of the, Sp the Holy Spirit. So... How lovely is your dwelling place. My soul yearns and even faints. Now, probably, if I was to kind of sneak up beside you and say, would you like to be more hungry for God? Nobody else is looking. Uh, nobody else is listening. Probably most people would say yes. The reason for that is it's not because we're in a competition. Uh, the reason for that is that God is at work in us. It's part of what he does to create a desire for him. You know, I, I don't have a desire because I don't oh, I think I might choose this. I think I might choose God. No, that desire is created by God at work within us. So from the moment that he takes us into his family, he works in us. So your answer would probably be yes. Would you like to be more hungry? I'm going to just look for a moment at what causes us to be more hungry for him so that we can kind of 
work with what is right and what is true. You know, you don't have to get through some present issue or challenge to be more hungry for God. You don't have to come through to the other side before you can say, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know God or now I'm going to find a place in God. How often have you heard people say, even as we heard Nick say this morning, in the midst of a difficult time, somehow I came into a place of knowing God more. That was certainly my experience. See, I don't wait till we get to some other side when actually we can come into the reality of knowing God more at the present time. So, appetizers. We've got a little picture there. Yes. Looks a bit more than an appetizer to me. What helps to generate hunger? Well, giving time to God. It's not like a, not like a mechanical thing. When I was back in the uh, Pentecostal church, um, it, the done thing was once a year they had the denominational annual general conference. And it was all the big speakers and big meetings. And the idea was you, you went to that and you kind of got boosted for the, for the year. So I thought, oh, yeah, this is good. I went to that and I didn't get a thing out of it. I thought, what a dead loss. What a waste of time. Came back. I don't know, I don't think it was that long afterwards. I had a most amazing encounter with God. What I'm saying is, guys, is, this is not a mechanical thing. This is not you put, you know, your pound in the slot and you get something out at the bottom. I'm not talking like that. I'm talking about we decide, we choose that that hunger which God has placed in, we're going to go with that because that is what is rather than what's not. That comes from God. And it's not a mechanical thing. It's very good to spend time with God. I'm not saying that, but it's not as though we can produce it just by what we do. But we can stand in the way. We can decide that actually it's more profitable for me to spend time uh, with a friend who may be sharing through what God is doing than watching something on television about what God is never going to do. It's, it's kind of what we feed in. The conversation I've always found is a very, very key thing to share together about things that God is saying and doing and to encourage one another and sharpen one another. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. At the same time, what we read, what we watch, what we converse, what we think on, they can have a positive or a negative effect. Now that's a choice. And we're pretty smart. On the whole, we can pretty well work out if this is drawing us closer to God, this is building us up, or it's having the opposite effect. Yeah? How many of you would say you could pretty well know whether it's a plus or a minus? Yeah? Yeah? 
Show, just give me an idea. Yeah, I think we're, we're pretty clear because that's what God does for us. He helps us to actually determine that. Anthony, if you could. So, what we read, what we watch, and remember, there are means of grace. Prayer is a means of grace. The Bible is a means of grace. Coming together like this is a means of grace. It's actually setting ourselves in the way of receiving from God. On the other hand, there are appetite suppressants. Hmm? I'm not heavily into those, personally. (laughs) Please refrain from all comments. (laughs) But what does the Bible mean when it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick? A hope for something that just goes on and on and on. Some of you know exactly what I mean. You're hoping for it, and it's not happening. It's not happening. See, the sickness comes not by the not receiving the thing you hope for. The sickness comes when you stop hoping. And that is not what God has given to us. God has given to us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the ability to hope. But the hope has to be focused on the things which he's saying and doing. See, a a sick heart, you know, we're not talking about the physical thing. We're talking about, in the Bible, heart and mind are pretty well uh, interchangeable. Hope deferred pains the mind. It brings a despair. It brings a, a distance of what could possibly happen. It drains the very emotion. And actually, I want to talk about this uh, in the near future, something which goes on and on and on is sometimes far more difficult to deal with than something which is a sudden issue or confrontation or difficulty. The danger is that it causes us to focus on the negative, on what we don't have. It suppresses the very hunger. So Claire um, shared something, great timing, Claire. She's out doing the children's work, but Anthony's just relieved for a minute. Um, She was sharing something uh, in the testimony. I thought it'd be really good if she would just come and share that again um, so that we, we get a kind of practical understanding. Do I hold it for you? Oh, yeah, okay. All right, so you were challenged by Fat Dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What were the symptoms of just being comfortable where you were, lacking hunger? Mm. Um, okay, I felt, um, also on reflection really, it was like not bringing challenge when it was needed, um, also not responding to the Holy Spirit nudges, mm-hmm. and not inquiring or asking of God um, when things didn't work out. If right. I got disappointed, okay. I then just stopped. And so you're kind of coasting along on the basis of, oh, well, it didn't... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So were you aware that you were suppressing that hunger for him? 
I don't think I was. I think it was a real subtle thing. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, pilgrimage... Sort of crept up on you and you didn't really... Uh, yeah. yeah. So you didn't do anything to increase your hunger? No. I, like I said, I hadn't really been aware of it. Yeah. Um, but coming up to pilgrimage 17, I think I started to think, OK, what is it um, that needs to change for me? Um, and, and I was reminded of a testimony that Gordon Brewer had about one suddenly feeling alive, yeah. and I thought, you know, I need some of that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how, how the things we listen to, the testimonies, the, the account of what God is doing, uh, has that prophetic effect of creating something in us. How did you justify your sort of position? Yeah, I kind of felt, well, God's still using me, and I might pray for people, and I might get words for them. So I kind of thought, yeah, so things are happening. I think that's why I kind of thought it was maybe okay. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that God using us is some sort of seal of approval on how we're doing has no basis in truth. God uses who he uses. God blesses who he blesses. It, It can never be a determinant on where we stand and how we're doing with him. All right, so now you're hungry and you've got more of a drive to, to kind of get up and go. What's the difference? What are you doing now? Well, like he'll, I wake up in the early morning and think, oh, I really need to maybe challenge that person on that thing, um, make that phone call. Um, it could be, yeah. Um, also, um, the whole time thing, Norma challenged me on that about... Um, what we're spending our time on and I realised that I always used to watch the one show but actually that was a key time for making phone calls or you know serving my husband and things so yeah those things have changed all right Claire thanks very much thank you it's quite interesting isn't it the transformation so God has been speaking to us over these months about this stepping out in him, this spirit of adventure. You see the transformation uh, as God just touched her and she responded. And now there's, a, there's quite a significant change for her life. So remember, um, coming back to Abraham again, it was the hunger for God that got Abraham out of his tent. That was the first, he'd never, he wouldn't have seen the stars in the sky. He wouldn't have seen the myriad of stars. And God speak to him that way. If there hadn't have been that first step, that hunger for God, that desire that caused him to take that first step to actually say, you know, I'm going to focus on what is rather than what's not. And he gets up and gets out of his tent. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Claire, she was lulled into a sense of all's okay, God was using her, and then reduced to watching the one show. Yeah. But I mean, you know, millions of people do it until God stepped in. And because the psalmist was hungering, he sets out on pilgrimage the very thing that we've been looking at. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I think that is maybe in differing measures, 
essentially what God is doing. You know, we had conference, that was great, and so on and so forth. But when, I don't think we say, oh yeah, well that's nice, it was done that, we can sit back now. There's a hungering that is about God at work in us. And God is saying that in the, in the things that we've been hearing recently, yes, and that will be fulfilled, and that will be developed as you focus on the person of me. The testimony is great, and it helps us. Everything else that is positive like that, the sharing together helps us. But knowing him is the goal of our intention. So if I'm focusing on him, and if there's a refocusing of hope, I can't spend too long staring at the bad situations. I can't spend too long just feeding, as it were, on the dreadful nature of what is, or of the problem, that, or the challenge which is faced. There must be, and there has to be a time, when I turn from that to say what we've heard a lot recently, but God, but God. And that's where he's taking us at this time, into this journey which is uh, inspired by love and, and, and fueled by joy. You know, his love is what compels me to get up. And the joy of walking with him keeps me going. <laughs> and sometimes it's about joyfully stumbling to the next destination. This is not about getting it all right and perfect. This is about moving on in him. I like um, a phrase I heard uh, um, Joyce Meyer say, say, enjoy life with him while he works on what you can't. And I thought, hmm, the ability to say, hmm, I can't do much about this, but I can enjoy him and the presence with him. It's God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. That's Philippians 2 verse 13. She went on to say, by the way, in this she said, I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Now the scripture in Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the, the, the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. There's a point in which you just stand. I think I've told you before in the early days of LCP, after we'd... Uh, We'd been advised that keep small and don't ask awkward questions and you'll be okay. If you step out of that, you'll have problems. But it's not in our nature not to challenge things when we find that unempowered people were staying unempowered and the people that were benefiting were the providers 
who weren't providing what was necessary. So we asked questions and we got into a lot of trouble. And we got contracts cancelled and we were thrown off committees. And I was really ready for a fight. I was almost licking my lips. Great, they cancelled a contract. We can sue. We can do this. And I was away on the other side of the world at the time, so communication wasn't the easiest. God spoke. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There are times when we recognise we have what God has given to us for our protection. And he is going to deal with things that we cannot. The question is, are we prepared to step back and say, I will let down what I can do, I will let that go in favour of what you can do, so that my trust is placed in him. Even if the journey feels like a never-ending slog, the focus is on God and on thankfulness and testimony. You know, sometimes we're tempted to what is bad, but we can still choose good. Actually, that's character being built right there. What is bad? We're tempted to what is bad. What's the point? It just goes on and on. I don't deserve this. There's no change in the situation. But choosing good would be to say, what's God saying? What can I give thanks for? Ah, it is well with my soul. And serve and pray and return good for evil. That's what we can do. We've got a little, uh, little graphic there, I think. Yes. When we stop agreeing with what the devil wants us to agree with, and we recognise that God has given me authority, I can choose the direction of thought. I can recognise what I do have rather than what I don't have. See, the devil doesn't have weight. The only way the devil tips the balance is by convincing me to agree, that is to put my weight with him. If we move to the devil's side, we take our God-given weight with us. That is not a good idea. Because, you see, the Bible says this, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. It's an ability to come into the closeness and the fellowship and the intimacy of God rather than become slaves to fear for anything. Romans 8.15 We conquer us but we need the spirit. Not the spirit which makes a slave to fear. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Blessed is the one 
who trusts in you. There's three blesseds in that psalm. I don't know if you notice that. Dwell in your house, strength is in you, who trusts in you. So what helps us focus on what we've got rather than what we've not got? Let's run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes, where? On Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. See, if we focus on the negative or the issue or the challenge. You know what magnifying does? It makes it larger. So then we end up with a big God or a small God and a big problem. Whereas the truth is we have a big God and a small problem. Enjoying life while God works out what we can't. In fact, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the real truth, the eternal truth, can be accessed at any point and can come alive with joy and with hope at any point because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And he has legally made me innocent. Have you ever experienced supernatural intervention? God doing something for you? Providing you with something? Changing how you felt or how you felt, thought about something? Have you ever experienced, and you say, that had to be God? Anybody? Yeah? Mm. See what Jesus had to say to the disciples? They'd experienced that. And then they're having this discussion when it comes to feeding the 5,000, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? See, we who have experienced something of God, we don't really want to go into the kind of other side of enlarging what the enemy does. That speaks about hardened hearts. Bill Johnson who many of you have read or heard his stuff. He said, once we've experienced supernatural supply, we have lost the right to start any thought process about what we don't have. And in his book, Strengthen Yourself in the Lord, let me just read you a little bit from that. I have purposed to try to live in such a way that nothing ever gets bigger than my consciousness of God's presence. Sometimes conflict can be as simple as bad news on TV. If it starts to weigh on my heart and grow bigger than my awareness of God, I consciously turn my affection toward him to become more aware of his presence. If that doesn't work, I turn off the TV and leave the room. (laughs) You know, it's a smart move, isn't it? Walk away. Walk away. You know? It doesn't sound very spiritual, but it's a smart move. Turn your back on it. Redirect my focus until my awareness of him is bigger than that which weighs heavily on my heart. I can't just know in my head that he's bigger. 
I have to have my entire being in a position where I'm aware of his presence and expect his world to invade my life and circumstances. If I don't sustain this expectation, I will expect other forces to be the prime movers in my life and will begin to live defensively instead of offensively. So the question is, if we look at verse 5, the central verse that we picked out of that, have set their hearts on pilgrimage. What's going what's to be look like in, for you to keep moving? To move into the next step? To move into a place where our focus, your focus, is more on him than whatever challenge or issue that you face at a given time. I'll leave you with that question. What's it going to look like for you to take the next step? That next step into him. The next step into having a greater focus on who he is and what he's doing rather than whatever it is that seems to be an obstacle in the way. There are things which we've looked at this morning which are key to that and assurances which God gives us which are very real. Let's join together. Maybe you won't know it, but we've put the words and the music so that if you do know it, you can join in. If you can't, then just look at the words because I'd like us to use this in our conclusion. When peace, like a river, attends my way, or when sorrows, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Let's stand together and you may just follow the words you may feel that you can sing along with it. When peace 